Welcome to Bethany United Methodist Church. I, I hope you are at home and you are safe and warm this morning. Uh, it's been snowing here and uh, throughout the city, uh, and so I hope you're ta- uh, taking care on this day. Our normal organist and accompanist, uh, Giovanni, is not with us this morning because of the weather, and so I'm going to say a word of thanks to Jameson wherever he ended up sitting uh, for coming in, and uh, Jameson uh, McCafferty is, is uh, playing for us this morning and accompanying us, so thank you, Jameson, for doing that for us. Uh, this morning, we're talking about uh, the baptism of Christ. This is the, the day in the church calendar when we celebrate the baptism of Christ, and I, I like to use that as a day to talk a little bit about baptism and, and what it means for us as uh, individuals, even as we read through the story of Christ's baptism. Martin Luther once uh, wrote, he said, on, on days when he was discouraged or facing opposition or uh, having a hard time of things just in general, he, he would kind of use this to pull himself up and encourage him. He would say, Martin, remember that you have been baptized. Now, I, I don't know how many of you remember your baptism. I, I have a vague memory of the building I was in. I don't really remember the baptism. But uh, my impression is oftentimes we don't remember that much, and, and a lot of us don't seem to take encouragement from the fact that we have been baptized. So I'm hoping this morning as we talk through this, uh, you can hear that word of encouragement. I'm also going to remind you, after the sermon, we're going to do a renewal of baptism, as Wynn mentioned at the beginning of the service, and you'll need to have some water available to do that. So if you want to have not done that and you want to do that now, uh, please uh, feel free to get up and get that and be ready. Uh, join me in a moment of prayer. And Father, we ask you to come and open our minds and our hearts and our spirits by the presence of your Spirit, that we may hear uh, with joy what you say to us today. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So I'm going to start by reading uh, the story of the baptism. This is the the full story from Mark's Gospel. Uh, This is the New Revised Standard Version. It's not the, the same version that Jen just used. Uh, And Mark tells us, John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from all the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased." This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When, when we read through that and you're thinking about being in the River Jordan, I don't know what images you have in your mind. Um, I think a lot of us have images that are really lovely and picturesque. Uh, I, I like people to, to kind of remember that the River Jordan really is, is not as picturesque as people imagine. Uh, and, and this is one of the sites, uh, when you, if you travel to the Holy Land, this is one of the sites you visit, uh, a traditional location for uh, Jesus' baptism. There's another location further down river uh, that some people also visit. Uh, but this is the one where the last time our, our group from here went, uh, this is the one that they visited. And uh, you can see there's a rail. You, you walk down into the water and 
And, and, you know, as you can see, you, you really need to be motivated to walk into that water. Uh, it's, it's not exactly uh, appealing and, and, you know, in and of itself. And yet there's something very powerful. Uh, and one of our musicians at the last service was talking about when he was over there and, and they visited this, that he actually went in and, and immersed himself fully uh, in the water of the Jordan. It was that important to him. Uh, there's something about that, that that speaks to us and draws us and, and drew the people uh, of Israel out to this location to come and to be baptized by John out there. Um, when John Wesley writes about the sacraments, he uses this language. He says it's an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. Uh, so when we talk about baptism and, and the way in which it's done and all those things, it, it's not that there's something um, mechanical or, or somehow uh, you know, magical or something about baptism, but rather the, the baptism, the physical things that we do, represent what God is spiritually already doing in us. And so we are representing that out in a physical way. It kind of reinforces it to us. And, and when Jesus came to this river, um, sometimes people will say, well, why did Jesus need to be baptized? I mean... What did Jesus need to do that for? Uh, part of that is because we tend to think only in terms of the first half of baptism, the baptism of water. Uh, but we also forget that, that one of Jesus' roles, as well as being fully human, uh, divine, is to be fully human and to show us to be, as uh, is written in, in Hebrews, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, to be the one who, who shows us the way. And so part of this is his way of, of, of blazing the trail for us and, and demonstrating to us why this is so important in our lives. When we read through that story, uh, you notice that I always tell people, if you remember the number two, it's helpful. There are two actors uh, involved in this story, and, and there are two parts to baptism. Uh, the two actors are, are God and the person being baptized. Uh, we as pastors, when we do this part, uh, we're, we're merely serving as functionaries or representatives. Uh, we have no real power in this. Uh, the power is, is the power of God working in the person who comes to be baptized. And that's where the real exchange takes place. And the two parts of baptism that we talk about in Christian baptism are baptism by water and baptism by the Spirit. When we talk about baptism by water, this is what I think most people think of. Uh, this part of the ritual actually uh, goes back before Christianity. Uh, it was part of the purification rituals within Judaism and, and a number of other Middle Eastern religions. Uh, and, and so it, it exists for you know, a long time before Jesus is born. Uh, and, and it's this kind of uh, coming to God in the midst of this and saying to God, you know, I, I repent. Uh, and God's saying back to us, I forgive. That, that word repent, uh, metanoia in the Greek, it means uh, to change, to change. I'm going to change my whole way of being. I'm going to turn 180 degrees from where I was. It, it's not simply coming and saying, oh, I'm sorry, uh, but it's making a commitment to remove the things and, and to avoid the things that come between us and God. Uh, those of you who've uh, raised families or if you have small children now, uh, you've probably have had that experience when your kids have been fighting and you go in the room and you say, okay, that's enough. You know, y'all stop that. Uh, y'all shake hands, you hug, whatever, you know, and, and make up. And then they kind of, and they do it. And as soon as you walk out of the room, they go right back to fighting because they haven't really repented. They, they just did what they did to appease you, which sometimes I think is what we do when we come to, some of us, when we come to baptism, we think somehow we are appeasing God, but the real call is to repent. It's to turn 180 degrees. It, it's to not only say, I'm sorry, but to intend to leave behind those things that stand between us and God. And in response to that repentance, 
God forgives, and, and the theological term there is, is absolution. It's, it's not simply that God says, okay, I won't be mad at you anymore. It's, it's gone. God removes that from us. It's absolutely removed from us so that we have a clean, fresh slate to start over on. Now, the second part of baptism is the part that is unique to Christianity, and this is the part that, that Christ brings as he comes up out of the water and the Holy Spirit descends on him and you hear God's voice affirming him. Uh, this is the second part, baptism by the Spirit. And this is where we say to God, okay, God, now that, now that I've got this start all over again, I've got this fresh start in life, I commit to be the person that you have called me to be, that you have created me to be. And God, in response, says, I will send my Holy Spirit to indwell you, to guide you in that, strengthen you, and empower you in that. Uh, this is a time to, to actually a fresh start, a whole new life that comes before us. And this is the part of Christianity, uh, Christian baptism, that's unique to Christianity. Um, most people kind of tend to forget the power of this part, and so they focus on the repentance and forgiveness. But, but see, nature abhors a vacuum. And if in repentance and forgiveness you've removed those things from your life, but nothing takes the place of them, then we tend to go right back to those same behaviors, those same issues, those same patterns. And so we recreate what we had before we were baptism, baptized, and then we end up coming back to the river again to be baptized in part of an ongoing cycle. In Jesus' baptism, it's intended that cycle get broken. That, that when we come up and we've, we've made this fresh start and God has washed this out of our system, the water uh, washing it, uh, the baptism, waters of baptism representing God's spirit washing us or cleansing us. When we come up and we have that, that clean start, then God says, I'm, I'm going to fill that space. If you will allow me, I will fill that space with the Holy Spirit and guide you and empower you to be the person that I have created and called you to be. And that's the part about Christian baptism that's unique. That's the power of it that's unique. Not simply that, that we are cleansed from what we have been and what we have done, but rather that we are empowered to live differently into the future and to be the people God has called us to be in the future. The early church... Um, took a while to kind of get their mind around this and to understand it. There's a great story in the Acts of the Apostles where we see a demonstration of that. Uh, when, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the interior regions and came to Ephesus where he found some disciples. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? And they replied, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said, into what then were you baptized? They answered, into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Altogether, there were about 12 of them. That small community demonstrates the, the, the difference between just baptism by water or baptism by water and the Spirit. Whether you are, are stuck in that place where you repeat the same mistakes over or God frees you to leave that behind. God releases us from the, the baggage and the weight and the guilt and the shame and the power of, of all that we have been and allows us to live into all that God has called us to be. 
And that's a wonderful thing. In the, in the early church, oftentimes, when they did baptism and they did immersion, as they took someone below the water, they would mouth the words, say the words, you know, I, I have been crucified with Christ. And then when they raised them up, they would say, so that I could be raised up with Christ. The, the going under the water representing that their sins had been crucified with Christ on the cross, and then they had been placed into the tomb, and then the rising up represented the resurrection with Christ, rising up into this newness of life. It was to be something new and something marvelous. And we as, a, as pastors, uh, oftentimes uh, in, in our lives, uh, we are privileged and honored to be in uh, really powerful moments in people's lives. And sometimes they're, they're really difficult moments. We're there when um, somebody faces a diagnosis of cancer. Uh, we're there with someone when they're dying or when they've just lost someone to death. Uh, we're there with them in those moments. And, and, and it's an honor and a privilege to be there. And, and it's a, a rich time, but it's a very difficult time. But we also get to be with them in those wonderful moments that are so filled with joy. Uh, Times like uh, when you get to celebrate a marriage for someone whose uh, first spouse has passed away and now God has brought them someone new in their life and you, you see the joy on their faces as they come together in the newness of this. Uh, to be able to be in a hospital uh, and, and see the parents when they get to hold their child for the first time or, or you get to pray blessing over that child. Uh, sometimes when we do baptisms here uh, in the church, especially with children, uh, but also with adults, you know, we, we get to see that joy on their faces. And, and over the years, although I, I, I can't really remember my baptism, I, I've, I've learned the joy of that when I've gotten to, uh, to be with other folks as we baptize them, whether it's in the river or the lake or or out in the Gulf of Mexico, and, and to see the, the joy on their face and, the, and, the, and just the, the shining forth of that joy from them. And, and remembering when I renewed my baptism in my early teens in the Frio River uh, near where we go for our church camp uh, and, and being submerged in that river and coming up and, and the experience of feeling like, okay, I, I, I get a chance to start all over again. God's released me. God's empowered me. This is, and this is new, and this is, this is exciting, and this is wonderful. That's, that's the power of baptism. That's why Martin Luther could say, you've been baptized. You know, you've, you've been given a, a new power and a new strength, a, a new wisdom, uh, and God is with you in all of this. God is with you. So I want you to remember that the two pieces of that, though, is that it's, it's God and you, and the two parts are, are baptism by water, where we say, I repent, God says, I forgive. And we're baptized by the Spirit, where we say, I commit, and God says, I empower. Now, I want to do one other little thing with this before we move on. Uh, too often when I've heard uh, people talk about baptism, they'll talk about going through this and then saying, okay, now I've got another chance, and, and, and I hope I don't mess it up. Uh, you know, there's this kind of a sense in which, you know, okay, well, now that I've been baptized, I need to work really hard to get it right. And what, what I need you to hear is if, it, if it's just really about you working harder, if it's just about you, then, then all you're going to get is more of you. It's only when we invite the Spirit into us and into our lives that things actually begin to change and that we can become who God has created us to become. And God doesn't come at us. God doesn't do that with us with an attitude of, um, okay, now that you've been baptized, I'm going to send you my spirit, so don't mess this up. You know, that's, that's not what God does. If you listen to the story, when Jesus came up and when the spirit descended upon him, God says, you know, you're my son. You're my beloved. God claims him. And with you, I'm well pleased. God pronounces God's favor 
upon him. I mean, when, when we enter into baptism, we're brought into this, there, there's that joy. It's, it's the joy of, uh, on people's faces when they begin an, a new marriage, and, and you see that joy as they begin that. It's not a, oh, well, now that I'm doing this, I have to behave, or now that I, I hope I don't mess it up, but it's, it's this joy of entering into this new life. It's getting to hold a, a newborn for the first time and, and just being overwhelmed with joy at that. In our household, uh, in, in this last year, we've uh, had a new grandchild born into our family, and it's been really fun for me to, to watch my wife interact with this first grandchild because uh, whenever uh, they come and visit or if we've been down to see them, uh, as, soon as, as soon as my wife sees her granddaughter, she just lights up. Uh, she is so excited to see her, and she just glows and lights up, and she just immediately goes right to her and starts talking to her. Uh, you know, the rest of us don't really matter that much at that point. But she's really talking to that grandchild. And just to see the joy on her face as she comes. And I, I just, every time I see that, I'm thinking, this is, this is how God is looking upon us. You know, when we come up out of the waters of baptism and we commit to be God's people and God comes to dwell with us, he's, he's looking on us with that joy. And, and, and he's saying to us, you know, you're my child, my beloved. With, with you, I am well pleased. We begin this new life with joy, with love, with the expectation that we're going to be able to live into all it is. We're, we're, we're going to make mistakes. We are. That's just because of who we are. And, and things aren't always going to go perfect. But, but God's love is going to remain with us. And God's going to continue to encourage us and to lift us up and to rejoice over us. So in a few minutes, uh, when we do a renewal of baptism here, as we come to that and we enter into that, I want you to, I want you to hear God's voice speaking to you this morning, saying, you're, you're my child. You've been baptized into the kingdom of God, the family of God. You're my child, my beloved. And with you, I am well pleased. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks that you call us into this family and, and that you bring us in, that you wipe away all those things that have separated us from you in the past, all those things that have kept us enslaved to our past and limited who we could become, and then you have poured your life into us to empower us to be all that you have created us to be, and that you do that with joy, and that you do that with love, and you pronounce your love and your favor upon us. So open our ears this morning. Open our ears and let us hear your spirit speaking and proclaiming that we are your beloved and that you are well pleased with us. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.